have your Bibles, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, we're going to go to verse 19. Chapter 2, verse 19, the Bible says, Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Father, for the next few moments here this morning, I ask you to just use me as a mouthpiece for the Holy Ghost. Lord, give us the spiritual ears to hear your voice in this Word, and give us the spiritual eyes, Lord, to see the path as you lay it out before us, and give us the godly wisdom to walk in that path. We thank you and praise you for it. Everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. The title of the message today is, Do You Live Here or Are You Just Visiting? Do you live here or are you just visiting? When you're visiting a place, when you're just visiting somewhere, you don't generally know much about that area. You don't know where to go or or what things to do and you don't really you don't really know what the what the happenings are around those areas when you go visiting a place, traveling a place or vacation or something like that. In Tennessee we would tell people of Opperland and the Opperland Hotel, of course, one of the greatest hotels in the entire world. Beautiful, beautiful place. <clears throat> and we would take many people there, and uh, we would tell them about Music Row and the history of country music and all those sort of things when they'd come to town and, and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and then we would tell them about the Smoky Mountains, the Great Smoky Mountains. And uh, my wife and I had a couple of cabins there, and uh, and we would take folks there sometimes in Gatlinburg and uh, and, and we would tell them about Chattanooga and one of my wife's favorite places to go, the incline there in uh, Chattanooga. She just loved that place, <clears throat> amen, where you can go straight up the side of a mountain in a in a rail car, a railroad car, amen. So <clears throat> wonderful thing. She loved it. <clears throat> anyway, and, uh, but we would tell people about the places there that we knew of to, to, that were some of the key points of, of the, the, the state of Tennessee and, and its beauty and splendor, some of the caves and things around there. There's really, really a, a lot of things to do in Tennessee. It's a beautiful, beautiful place, huh? Yeah, in Dollywood there in uh, Sevierville and in, uh, right there at Gatlinburg where we had our cabins at. It was a beautiful, beautiful place. Uh, but you don't get the full experience and the benefits out of it if you don't know where to go. And the remedy to that, and the best solution to that, is you should get a guide. You should get a guide. Let's get some scripture. Uh, Brother Jay, give me John sixteen thirteen. 
you should get a guide and, and someone who knows the area and the history of it. Amen. I know when my wife and I travel places, uh, you know, I just never have been one to, to do too much of getting a guide, but but there's also there's all kinds of guided tours and things like that. And uh, if we ever went somewhere like uh, the Holy Land, well, we would certainly get a guide. I never have been there. I'd love to go. Uh, the only place in the world I really would like to go is the Holy Land. Uh, yeah, my wife's my wife's been there, but uh, I've not ever been there. And uh, I would love to I would love to have been there and love to love to go sometime. But uh, Anyway, I don't think we're going to have that much time left to be traveling abroad, but uh, but if there was one place on the earth I would love to go, it'd be the Holy Land because uh, I'd like to see, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the things that I uh, have taught about in the Bible for many years. <clears throat> Amen. But anyway, I would certainly get a guide if I was there because I would want somebody that knew the, uh, the places to go and the things to do and, and all that kind of stuff and... and uh, Definitely would get a guide. Brother, go ahead, uh, John sixteen thirteen. Amen. So, what is our guide? <clears throat> what is our guide? My guide is the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> Amen. It's our spiritual guide. That's what we, that's what we uh, need is the Holy Ghost. The Bible said he will lead you into all truth. Praise God. And you also need, some, need someone to lead you in the church as... Uh, as the leader of the church, and that's the pastor, amen, someone who knows the area and the history of it, amen, and let me tell you something about our church, the church of the living God has a very rich history, very rich history, and you need to know the history of the church, praise God, you need to know the, the builder of it, the founder of it, you need to know all those things, and uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that have made doctrines out of different things, and they all have a beginning, man started it, and you you listen to a lot of these churches out there, and, and uh, they have one man that started that doctrine or started that church. But this church didn't start in our modern-day times. This church didn't start 100 years ago or three 300 or 500 or 1,000 years ago. Our church started thousands of years ago. Amen. With Jesus Christ himself, God Almighty, robed in the flesh, came down here and dwelt among us, and he began the church, which was the revival, amen, of mankind to the saving of his people. That's what the church is, amen. It's a reaching out to this world in a last-ditch effort to try to bring them back into covenant with God and... And he can bring this thing to an end. Amen. And that's that's what I'm certainly looking forward to. Amen. So, all right. So, now, so how will people in the church, how will people in this world, and how will people know what the kingdom of God has to offer? How will they know it? How will they know those things? How will they know even how to enter in? People don't even know how to come into the church. I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a person in this building with me right now that truly knew all that it took to get in the church before you came to this building. 
You may have been taught some things through the years, but God has shown me a lot of things that I've never heard from another pastor, ever. And I've been in Pentecost for many, many years, even before I became a preacher. But there's more to this in which you have been taught since you've been here. There's a whole lot more to this being baptized in Jesus' name than just meets the eye. There's a whole lot more to this in most churches, even in our ranks, do not go to the depth of understanding of what this relationship is with God that we have. Because a lot of them think we're going up to heaven to be married. But we're absolutely married to him here, or you will not go, which I've spoken many, many times. And most people don't realize that they don't realize the extent of baptism. They think that you must be baptized to be saved, and you absolutely must. But I'm here to tell you it's more than that. Because you're not part of the church until you're baptized in Jesus' name. And I've never heard a pastor or preacher preach that. I've never in my life heard that preached. But God showed that to me in the Word. And I've shown it to you. Do you think I'm right? And believe me, I've heard a bunch of Pentecostal preachers in my day. I'm talking about a bunch. And I've never heard that preached ever. But it's a fact. It's a fact. That's what makes you the bride, and the bride is the church. You cannot become the church to become the bride. You become the bride, and that makes you the church. So how will people of the world know what the kingdom has to offer, and how will they know even how to enter in? Let's get some Bible. Praise God. Uh, Sister Quick, you can quote Acts 2.38 for me. Brother Quick, give me... 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Sister Yunt, give me Galatians 3, 27. Sister, uh, Sister, uh, Sister Rosie, give me Galatians, uh, give me uh, uh, Romans, I mean, Romans 6, 3, and 4. Quote it for me, says. Amen. See that? So, so here's the here's the deal. The first thing is what repent, repent and be baptized. Every one of you, but churches out there say that, nah, you you don't have to be baptized. Oh yes, and there's only one baptism. There's not several. Now, there are three different baptisms, talking about uh, being baptized with the fire and with the Holy Ghost, but water baptism, there's only one, and it's specifically in the name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, and what's it for? For the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Amen. For the promises unto you and your children, all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Okay, so how will the world know? Well, you know what that's talking about right there? 
that's talking about how will they know why you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus specifically. See, that all goes back to the Scripture that says, How shall they call on Him in whom they have not believed? Well, that's what it's talking about. Who is it talking about right there? Who's it talking about right there? How shall they call on them in whom they have not believed? How, who's it talking about right there? It's talking about Jesus. So how shall they call on Jesus whom they've not believed in? Well, they, they may believe that Jesus exists. They may believe he's real. But they don't know who he really is and what the significance is of that name and why he has that name, why it's important to call that name, why it's important to be baptized in that name without someone to teach them these things. They will never know. And they're not being taught in the churches. They're teaching, they're skimming it. They're skimming it. Even in our churches, in churches of our ranks, they're just skimming it. Skimming the surface. You need to stop that church and say, hold the wagon. Lunch can wait. Listen, man, we're not going to have a 30-minute message. You can't learn nothing in 30 minutes. You spend hours in other places doing other things and you want to shortchange God, but I can't teach you anything in 30 minutes because the Word of God is too deep. So how shall they call on Him? What's it talking about? It's not talking about Jesus. Here, boy. Jesus. Come on, Jesus. Come on, super God. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about baptism. Listen, the Bible says, Why tarriest thou? Arise. Wash away thy sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. And it talks about Others, he talks about people that says <laughs> he, he had letters to take captive the people of the name, the people that call on the name of the Lord. Many times in the Scripture, it talks about those that calling on the name. So, then the Scripture I'm talking about here that says, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? Are you getting the picture? So how shall they call on him? How shall they know that they need to call in baptism? They need to be baptized in Jesus' name, calling on the name of the Lord. It needs to be called over them in baptism. How shall they believe on that? Because they've never heard that. And... Now here's, let's break it down here in the last part of it. So how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him, the one that needs to be called, uh, that needs to be called on? How shall they believe on that? How shall they believe that that name is the name? How shall that they, how shall, shall they believe that Jesus is all in all? It's the most powerful thing in the entire Bible is the name of Jesus. How shall they know that? How shall they hear? Because they, they can't believe on that because they've never heard it. And what I mean by hear it is not just hear somebody speak of it, but hear somebody teach on it. 
and bring it down to where they understand it. Give them the revelation so that when they leave the building or leave this, or they leave this connection right here, that the devil don't come and steal it away because that's the seed that's sown by the wayside. Let me tell you something. I'm not a seed sower on the wayside. I don't throw my seed out on the side of the road. I give this seed to those that are hungry for it. I want you to understand it. Because it don't do you no good to hear all this and then have the devil come just steal it away the minute you walk away. So how shall they believe on him in whom they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? Now, it goes even further. You notice it's breaking it down as it goes along that line in that Scripture. How shall they hear without a preacher? What preacher might that be, sis? What? Come on now. Give me the answer I'm looking for. Come on. What preacher would it be? Come on, brother. Give me that answer I'm looking for. Come on, brother Jay. Give me that answer I'm looking for. Silence, John. Oh, my goodness. Y'all are pathetic. (laughs) The Bible. Okay, let me give you the answer. It's in that very Scripture. The Bible says, How shall they hear without a preacher? And ta-da! How shall they preach? Except they be sent. So what preacher is it? It's the ones that are sent by Jesus Christ himself. Praise God. Let me tell you something. Everybody standing in the pulpit is not a preacher. They may be a preacher, but they're not sent. They're not anointed and appointed. And it's no good. It's going to do you no good. I don't care how good they look. I don't care how polished they are. I don't care how much money they got. And I don't care how many people they got following them around like a puppy dog on a leash. That ain't going to, that ain't going to get you nowhere. People have made a career out of this stuff right here. They've made a big time career out of this, boy. I mean, big money. Big money. <clears throat> Let me tell you, man, they've made a career out of it, and they worried about how many Learjets they can put in a building. I can't even afford a plastic model of a Learjet. And if I had the money to buy a Learjet, I wouldn't buy no Learjet. That's a waste of that money. Bible said furnished unto every good work, flying across the country, spending millions of dollars of people's hard-earned money so you can, so you can jet set, buddy. That ain't nothing to do with God. And I'll tell you right to your face out there, if some of you preachers are watching, you need to get your face in an altar somewhere and repent. 
and put that money where it's going to work, not, not digging a well in Africa somewhere. That's great, fine, well, and good. But what are you doing to get their souls saved and ready for heaven? That's what I'm talking about. You can give a man a fish and feed him for a day, or you can teach a man to fish and feed him for a lifetime. Amen. Praise God. So, how shall they preach except they be sent? So, amen. How will this world ever know about the real Jesus? They don't know who Jesus is. Well, they've heard the name, and they think they know Jesus. But that's the same people that say they love him, and they don't even know what that means. They don't even know what loving Jesus means. If you ain't keeping his commandments, you're a liar. I'm not lying to nobody. No, you're not lying to somebody. You're lying to yourself. You convince yourself you love him because you say it, and it sounds good. I'm a Jesus lover. That's just like that little gal I seen walking in the mall, my wife and I, one day. I've said it before. Maybe you're looking and listening tonight. If you are, you better put some daggum clothes on. Walking in a mall, beautiful young girl. Beautiful young girl. Walking in a mall, had a little Daisy Duke. No, no, not Daisy Duke shorts. These were little spandex shorts. And they were so short, man. I, it, I don't know what the heck you'd call it. And had on a little, little, uh, halter top thing. And it said, I love Jesus on the front of it. No, that ain't love for Jesus. Ain't got nothing to do with Jesus. The Bible said in that day, in the last day, said there would be seven women to one man. And it said they will say unto him, we will eat our own bread and we'll wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by thy name to take away our reproach. That's what this world's doing. They want to be called Christians. They want to say they're Christians. But you listen to the radio as it's sitting beside you at the light. You're like, what the heck is going on? Then you might hear Jesus after every 78 beat. Yeah, I love Jesus. <laughs> you know. Boo. I love Jesus. Boo, pa, boo, boo. I'm like, he's probably one of them doing it. He's probably riding down the highway. <laughs> either, either that, or you might have some. Jesus, sound like some like like Aerosmith singing Jesus songs. I mean, what the heck is that? Man, that ain't Jesus. That ain't coming out from among them being separate. Say, if the Lord touch not the unclean thing, and I'll receive you unto myself. Man, you're lying to yourself. Why are you playing? Why are you playing? How will they know that they're playing? Who's going to stand up and be man enough to say, "Dear God, get on your face, repent." Or else ye shall all likewise perish. Who's going to be man enough to tell them that? How will they ever know? Because ain't nobody doing it. They, why ain't they doing that? Why aren't they doing that? Why, well, why, why, what's, the, what's the bottom line? Okay, there's the bottom line right there. 
Now, maybe y'all might. I don't know if you feel like it. Maybe y'all might ought to maybe not, you know, not well, not do that quite so much. You know, not just not not get stupid drunk. Only a little drunk. Yeah, no, it's okay to drink, you know, two or twenty cups of wine. But I mean, you know, not don't go crazy with it. Not ten bottles though. Give me First Corinthians twelve thirteen. Okay, so we've been we've been what into one body? All right, so we've been baptized into one body. What body is that? Which is the church? Yeah. <laughs> no point. The building. The, yeah. <laughs> Well, I don't want to do this. You'd be thinking I'm trying to pick stuff out there, you know, thinking I'm kind of, yeah, you know, I don't want want you to think it was contagious and I caught it, you know. (laughs) Amen. So, (laughs) for those of you on on, uh, Facebook or watching this, that's kind of an inside thing there. It's talking, he's all the time talking about how crazy my wife is, and and I couldn't agree more. But, (laughs) amen. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord. So, <clears throat> so how are we going to know? How is the world going to know that we're? How do we? How do we get in the body? You're you're what? You're baptized into this body. You are baptized into the body. See that tells you right there that you are baptized into the church, which is the body of Christ. You're baptized into that body. How are they going to know that? Nobody's teaching that. Nobody's preaching it. They're preaching you got to be baptized. It's just like, it's just like, uh, 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 Sister Quick said one time. Uh, you know, she said, there's a lot of things that I, I used to do and I just didn't know why. I didn't understand why because nobody was ever teaching me. Nobody was ever teaching me why we're doing this, why we're doing that. And when somebody comes to you and asks you, and they will, you know, you can't give them an answer. Well, well, I don't know. Just shut up and do it. You know, I don't know why you do it. Just, why are you ask me that question for? Shut up. You know, just do it and be happy. You know. Well, you know, man. Wow, I don't know if I want to go to that church or not. You know, you don't know why you do it. Well, it's because it's in the Bible. Is your name Sister Tara? You're not a Fontenot, are you? Yeah. <coughs> Anyway, but, so, you have to understand, you have to understand why we do these things. And that's the difference. That's the difference. You need a guide to teach you of this place and inform you of what it's about. That's what the gospel is. The gospel is stories of what Jesus did. The book of Acts is where the rubber meets the road. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, are accounts of what Jesus taught, what he did, where he went, the things, the miracles he performed, all the things he did. The book of Acts is where the apostles took all those things that he did and got busy with it. That's the business book. That's where they got down to business, praise God. And they took what they learned to the masses. 
It was the actions of the apostles. Praise God. And we need to be informed that we might inform others properly about what it is they're fixing to get into here. I don't want them coming in here and all of a sudden saying, oh, 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 well, uh, I don't Wow, I didn't know all this. Well, there's a whole bunch you're not going to know, but I do want them to understand, amen, what all this is about and get them in here understanding that this ain't your, this ain't your local gathering place. This ain't your local watering hole here, buddy. This ain't no Jesus watering trough. Man, this is, uh, this is where you come here to, to get a hold of him for real. This ain't playtime. This is this is get down to business time. The house of God is absolutely a place of business of the highest order. And that's what the problem is. They've turned an elite place into a social hangout. Man, this is a, if there's any place in the world you get dressed up to come, praise God, it's this place. Because you're coming to a private club, honey. If this is a private club right here, you can't just hang out here. This ain't no loitering place. Hear me today. You can't loiter in the house of God. This ain't no place to go. This ain't no car hop. This ain't no place to come meet women. This ain't no place to hang out and, and rub elbows with the, this one and that one. This ain't no place to come uh, 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 socialize and, and, uh, all, and all that kind of stuff. Man, this is a private club. There's things you got to do to join this club. Now, it ain't going to cost you no money. You ain't got to come pay no membership fee and all that kind of stuff. You give God His money, which is a tent and offering, praise God, as you uh, uh, are led to do. But uh, that's between you and God. But I tell you what it will cost you. It's going to cost you you. And most people that come in this are going to have to unlearn all the mess that they've already learned. Because it's wrong. If it's against what I'm teaching, it's wrong. There ain't no question about it. But that's okay. You stick around here long enough, I'll get that from you. You don't have to unlearn it. I'll help you with that. So we... Help somebody else to know Jesus. We introduce them to the real Jesus. It's quite an awakening meeting the real Jesus. It's quite awakening when you realize that Jesus is not a powder puff smurf. Because that's what they think he is. A smurf with a robe on. Just giggling and oh, just full of joy and peace and love and happiness and all that kind of stuff. He's a consuming fire. And he commands that you fear him. Because that's what's going to put you in proper position with Jesus. If you ain't fearing him, you're going to try to walk up to him like one of your pals, one of your buddies. He's the king. You better get that down real quick. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's royalty, and you better be careful how you approach him. I suggest bowing your knee to him. That's where you're going to start at. Or you could do it even better than that, get on your face. Because that's, that's how you need to approach the King of Kings.
That's right. So we are baptized into one body. That means that this church is part of other churches that are, listen carefully, listen carefully. This church is part of other churches that are just like this. I didn't say other churches that have Pentecostal over the door, other churches that have apostolic over the door. But any other church that is preaching out of a 1611 King James Version Bible only, preaching the full truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, is absolutely holding the standards, not allowing shorts in the building, not allowing iPads and phones. It's got all kind of other sex stuff on there, along with trying to use that as a Bible. And any other place that's doing it exactly like the Word of God says to do it, those are in the same body as this church. And nothing else but that. Well, if that's the kind of place it is, I don't want it in that body no way. Good, because I don't want you in it neither. See, but I ain't got nothing to do with all that. Because I'm not the one who puts you in the body. That's way above my pay grade. Way above my status. See, I don't have to even concern myself with all that because I'm not one to put you in the body. This is the body of Christ. It's His body. I can't put somebody in it or put them out of it. You either in it or you out of it. You might be sitting in the building, but you either in it or you out of it. See, I can't even, I can't even go down to the depth of discernment as God can because I can't see the heart. I can't see the heart. But there's people sitting in churches all over the world right now, right this minute, this morning, that are no more part of the body of Christ than Lucifer himself. And they're sitting there looking at their phone, looking at their phone, texting people on the lake. Have you caught anything yet? As soon as this loud-mouthed preacher shuts up and I can get my wife pacified, I'll be on down there in a minute. Man, just, you know, hey, man, you did get the beer, right? You did get the beer? Okay. Did you put it on ice? Good. Awesome. I'll see you there. You know. See, as soon as I get out of here, man. See you, honey. Bye. Gone. You know, it's like, what, what, what happened to my husband? Gone. Gone. You know what? Go out on the boat. Sit on that boat. Fish till his son burns himself to death. Got heat stroke. Drunk till he falls out of the boat. Almost drowns. Ain't caught a fish one, caught a minute, want a wannabe fish, and sit out there all day long. Come home, talking about, oh dear God, I'm wore out. I'm just wore to the bone. Honey, give me something to drink. You ain't food in there, cook for me, dear God. I can't hardly move. I'm so sore. Well, you sore from mud all that thing. You know all that man. You know. Well, I fished out. Did you catch anything? No, man, I got sunburned. I didn't catch nothing, man. How long was you out there? Eleven hours. Did you whine uh, out there as much as you're whining right now? Well, of course not. I was having a good time, you know. I'd rather have a bad day of fishing than a, 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 a good day at work, you know. <laughs> you listen to all these bottles, you don't even realize they don't know what they're saying. They're trapping themselves. You're going to be, listen, 
<laughs> the Bible says that you're going to be trapped by your own words. They're giving testimony against themselves right there about how they hated. They was on the lake for 11 hours and didn't whine a word about it. But they come to the church, and if the sermon's over 30 minutes, <laughs> you know. You know, it makes you want to stop sometimes and say, Son, you got something wrong with your neck or is there something you want to say? Oh, no, you know, I was just kind of looking at how late it's getting. Really? That's exactly why I'm preaching so long. Because I see how late it's getting too. It's getting real late for you. I can see it getting later by the second. That's why I'm preaching as long as I'm preaching. Because this may be the last opportunity you ever have to hear what I'm saying. Buddy, you have no idea how late it's getting. That's why you need to be in here longer than this 30 minutes you're pushing for. Yeah, it's waiting around the corner. And it's going to find a bunch of people too, I guarantee you. Amen. But they complain, uh, complain whine, and complain about about a 30-minute sermon or a 45-hour uh, sermon, which we don't have in this church. They're an hour and 20 minutes at least. And And... I apologize for that, but that's that's all the table holds. It's an hour and 20 minutes. See? Amen. So, I'm sorry. It's a short, but anyway. Anyway, but uh, <laughs> Sister Erica says, Pray God for an hour and 20 minute tape. <clears throat> so, <laughs> I knew that would get some shh going on. I knew that would get some amens over there. Shut up. Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so... Church, you can't get the depth of the Word that we need in no short sermon. You can't do it. Because every little sermon that's preached has so much to it. Even these little sermons that I preach, it may be written on a page this long, but every piece of it is a sermon. And I get started on it, and the Word of God just comes alive, and then it turns into a series. Because I'm not going to just go, oh, blah, 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 there you go. Okay, did you just give your money, right? Okay, we're good. High five. I later. See y'all, man. I'll see Shonies. See y'all, Shonies. Last one there is paying the bill. You know, you got 400 cars running out of the parking lot. A bunch of banshee chickens running out of here. Whoa! Well, the people don't know what Shonies are, man. They're communist anyway, so. <laughs> it's like a Denny's. <laughs> There's Shonies around somewhere around Texas. I think I've seen one. Anyway, it's like a... No, this ain't like the car hop, sis. Tennessee's full of Shonies, and it's like a Denny's, but it's a big buffet. It's breakfast. You wouldn't know. You're not old enough to spell yet, so... <laughs> you're, you're really past all that age now, but you're just trying to play young like it's back in the Stone Age. <laughs> How far back in the Stone Age, I mean... You know, yes, she is. That's exactly right. Absolutely. And, uh, I, you know, <laughs> I hadn't realized how old she is till I put my glasses on. <laughs> she's, 
She says, I pull them gray hairs out. She got a bald spot back. She don't even know it's there yet. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, that's, man. Hey, God don't put uh, marble top on cheap furniture. <laughs> I can't fight it. I'm rolling with it, brother. That's all I can say. Amen. God wants me slick topped. He can slip top all he wants to. All right. Okay. So give me Galatians 3.27. Galatians 3.27. Okay. Have been what into Christ? Amen. Have. Have put on Christ. So for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So how are they going to know that? How are they going to know that that's the lay of the land? How are they going to know that that's how you get in Christ? See, they all hear these scriptures, but they don't know, they don't know the rest of the story. I used to love Paul Harvey, man, because he had this, he always had a commentary. He was the greatest there ever was. I mean, as far as commentaries go, and man, that guy was good, boy. Great news deliverer. His son was okay, but he's just fabulous, man. And he would always come down and he would tell you this, and then he'd say, now a word from our sponsors, and he said, and then, the rest of the story. Yeah, and he, yeah, he'd always leave a space in there, and you'd be hanging on that. And the rest of the story. And then he'd come back and say, now, for the rest of the story. And he'd give you the whole, he'd give you the whole shooting match then. That's exactly what this church is. That's what the church of the living God supposed to be. This is what's supposed to be happening in the church. This ain't no... Formal place where you come in, man, and you you got some kind of formality and this and that and other, man. Praise God, the Holy Ghost runs this show. That's the way it's supposed to be. Praise God. And if somebody's got a question, amen, and if it's not a disrupting uh, thing or whatever, I don't want somebody to stop me and say, hey, man, how you make that chicken pot pie? What's that say? You know, <laughs> I don't want somebody say, oh, hey, listen, not off subject a little bit, but, uh, 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 you know, how do you, how do you barbecue a brisket? You know, <laughs> no, that's not what I'm talking about. But if somebody says, you know, if you're in there and you're talking about, well, <clears throat> you know, uh, it's me who's been baptized in Christ, or, or you say, uh, uh, well, <clears throat> for, uh, 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 the Bible says, <clears throat> let me think of the scripture here. It says, uh, for if any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Now, if somebody says, can I ask you a question? I'm going to say, well, sure. What color is your mom's hair? No, no, not that kind of question. How do you get in Christ if that's the case? See, I've never had anybody ask me that question, but that's the questions that should be asked. You know why that question's not being asked? Because no one is teaching in the church anymore. They are giving sermons, but they're not teaching them the Word of God. You need to know what the Spirit is saying to the church. How can you know that without teaching? You can't just have somebody that's a good speaker. You got to get down to where you can learn this stuff. You got to know what it is that we believe. We've got to know this stuff because you will not be able to teach it if you do not know it yourself. Sister Quick said one time she had people come ask her, why do we do this? And she said, well, I just didn't have an answer for them because I don't know. But in this church, 
the things that I teach and preach in this church, you do know. You know them. And if somebody asks you, you know what to tell them. And when somebody tries to contradict the things that's going on in this church, you know what to tell them. You know exactly how to come back. See, even if you think you're not realizing or learning or understanding it, when the time comes, that's where the Holy Ghost takes over. And man, it comes flooding back in, and man, you don't realize you're a walking, talking Bible. Praise God, and, and that's, how you, that's how you deal with that. So as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So how do you get in Christ and old things are passed away, all things are become new? You're baptized into Him. Everything points, let me tell you something. Everything in the Bible is going to point to the name of Jesus and it's going to point to the waters of baptism. It's going to point to repentance. It's going to point to humility. It's going to point to fear. It's going to point to those things. The things I talk on all the time are those things because every part of the Bible from the front to the back Side to side, top to bottom is going to talk. The Bible says that these words, the Bible says that the Word of God, He said they test these things, they testify of me. The Word of God testifies of Jesus. They test, testifies of baptism in the name of Jesus, calling on the name of Jesus. Amen. They testify of repentance, humility, humbling yourself. They testify of Jesus, the real Jesus. That's the things they must know. Who's got that next scripture? Romans 6, 3 and 4. Come on, sis. Yeah, know you not. Okay, so as many as up that were what? Baptized into Christ Jesus. So that right there tells you that you're baptized into Christ Jesus. That's another scripture that talks about being baptized into Jesus right there. So you always apply, you know, that that's how we get in Christ. We're baptized into Christ Jesus. And that's how we're also, we're baptized into His death. Come on, keep going. The old you is buried with the old Him into death. He had to die even though He was sinless. He still had to die. Come on. We're also to walk in the newness of life. Amen. We rise up and we walk in newness of life. That's what happens when you come out of those waters of baptism. Then say you come out of the waters of baptism, start smoking again. Then say you come out of the waters of baptism, start drinking again. And I'm going to tell you, that's next. Watch what I'm saying. When you let go of God, you start throwing down the, the blessings of God. If God has delivered somebody from smoking and you pick that back up, let me tell you what the Bible says. It says, go and sin no more, lest the worst thing come unto thee. The Bible also says, when the devil has gone out of a man, what do you think is behind smoking? That's the devil behind that mess. When the devil's gone out of man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest. And when he findeth none, he says within himself, I will return to mine house from whence I came out. 
And when he returns, he finds it swept and garnished. And he taketh with himself seven more worse than himself. And the latter state of that person is worse than the former state. Just a little side note for those of you people that are that uh, the Lord delivered you from something and you decide to pick it back up. You better watch it. You better repent. Hell's on the way. Amen. So another story about another scripture about being baptized into Christ. Okay. Now, all right. So, folks, let me tell you when you when you have the right information, when you have the right understanding, when you start getting a hold of this, you start getting familiar with this place, this place, this body of Christ that I'm talking about, I think you'll stay. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how long you've been in this or how short you've been in it, there's always going to have to be an overcoming. There's not anyone that I know of that's been able to walk in here and sit in this service and just say, Oh, I just love this. Oh, I love what he just said right there. Oh, I just love what he said right there. My goodness, I love what he said right there. I love what he said right there. What did you just say? Excuse me, what was that? What did you just say? What did he just say? Oh, no, he didn't. What? Yeah, you know, there's not anybody on the planet that's not had to go look at their self in the mirror and say, I don't know if I like it. I'm not too sure about all that. I don't know if I I don't know if this is for me. I don't know. There's not anybody that's exempt from themselves. And there's always going to be there's always going to be some sharpness with this word because it is a two-edged sword. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And there's going to be from time to time even with the greatest of soldiers, there's going to be time to time where it speaks to you and it cuts you. And there's always a lot of amens when it's cutting somebody else to ribbons. But it gets awful quiet when it starts cutting you off at ankles, when it starts peeling you off. It's awful quiet sometimes around where you're sitting. But praise God for that, because that means that God is speaking to you. And that's a good thing. And when God speaks right to you and tells the Word of God, because it's going to be Word of God that's coming over this pulpit. But I'm going to tell you, it's not going to always be easy to swallow. The Bible talks about the Word of God being bitter. Being bitter. Oh, but in the end... Man, it's a sweet, sweet thing. Praise God. All right, so let's get another scripture here. Sister Holman, give me Psalms 34, 7 through 9. Psalms 34, 7 through 9. 
And Sister Erica, give me Ephesians 2 once again, 19 through 22. And I want you to read that again for me. Okay, so let's uh, let's go with uh, Psalms 34, 7 through 9. Come on with that. Uh Uh-uh. Psalms 34, 7 through 9. Round about them that what? So the angel of the Lord encampeth around about them that fear him. Who? Yes, come on, okay. And deliver them, go ahead. Oh, taste and see. Stop right there for just one second. What's it mean by oh, taste and see? Does anybody know what that references to in another place? Somewhere around the book of Matthew? I have. The reason I'm asking that question today is because I want to get your undivided attention for just a minute so I can write something in your heart. I'm going to write this on your mind right now. When it says, oh, taste and see, and I know you've heard this many times, but here's what it references to, and here's how you can apply that throughout the Word of God. Over in Matthew chapter 5, Verse 13 through 16, the Bible says, Ye are the salt of the earth. Okay? And if the salt has lost its savor, how then will it be salted? Okay? So, what that's talking about, oh, taste and see. So, how can you taste of the real Word of God if the one that's teaching it has lost his saltiness? If the one in the pulpit has lost his savor, then where's the word going to be salted with? If the man in the pulpit has lost his salt, then how you what the message you're going to get is going to be a cardboard message. It's going to be a saltless, a savorless message. It's going to be flavorless. It's going to be purposeless. It's going to be worthless. It's going to be that sweet little powder puff nonsense that's sending millions of people to hell today. It takes a man that's worth his salt and still salty in that pulpit, praise God, that can bring flavor to the Word of God. Not added flavor, but the flavor God gave it when He put it in there. Amen. So, oh, taste... There's your taste. How you gonna taste something salty if ain't no salt in it? And the Bible says if ain't no salt in it, it's what? Good for nothing. Good for nothing. But to be trodden under the foot of men. That's what the Bible says. Huh. See, I'm a Bible man. I'm not going to just say the Scripture, oh, taste and see if the Lord is good. God showed me that Scripture, and I'm going to tell you what it means. And I'm going to help you understand it. Okay, so he said, oh, taste, there's your taste, and see that the Lord is good. Okay, so where's the see part? Come on, sis, give me, a, give me that where's the see part. Come on, come on, come on, you got it, come on. Ye are the, first it said, ye are the salt of the earth. Then it goes on down there and says, ye are the, oh, look at her cheating over there. My goodness, man, what? You've been hanging around, brother, quick. What have you been doing? 
hang around this right here. Boy, that's the biggest cheater right there behind that camera. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify the Father in heaven. See, that's that's the old taste and see. So the Word of God needs to come unhindered from you. It, it, don't, you don't need to pull punches. Fill yourself after the Spirit. That's, I'm not talking about going out there and pulling Brother Edward on him. Because he just loves to blow stuff up. But, but, but you know, and he, I, I love Brother Edward, and he's a very effective. Praise God, and I love him, and I'm just picking on him right now. <laughs> Praise God. But, but when you talk to somebody, don't tiptoe around the message. What do you think I'm going to go to hell? Yeah! Yeah, you're going to hell. What are you talking about? What are you about? Quit your whining about it. Do something about it. Don't sit there and whine about it. Oh, hello. Dear God, I'm not waiting. I know a place you can change all that. Dear God, it ain't like you can't do something about it. I'd be crying with you if there wasn't nothing you could do about it. But I'm not crying because there's something you can do about it. Don't be whining about it. Do something about it. I know where there's an altar, praise God. And you know what? You can make an altar right where you're at, in a parking lot somewhere. Put your face in that parking lot and, and ask for God to, uh, man, to forgive you for your sins and wickedness. So, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. So what is it? What do they need to, what is that talking about? Okay. Now, let me, t- let me, let me, let me talk, let me talk about it for just a second. When you see me, Here I come. You know what I'm going to have with me. Anywhere I go, I'm going to have something with me. What's that going to be? It's going to be my weapon. I got my weapon. Here it is. And you know what? Even if this ain't in my hand, I'm going to have something with me. I got my weapon. It's here. And you know what? I'm going to give you a taste if I get opportunity. And you're not only going to be able to taste what the Word of God says, you're going to be able to look at me and see it. You're not going to see me with no beer in my hand. You're not going to see me anywhere around no beer in my hand. You're not going to see me with no cigarettes in my pocket. You're not going to hear me cussing. You're not going to hear me carrying on like that. You're not going to see any that kind of mess around me. You're going to be able to taste of the Word of God. If you want to know something about Jesus, you're going to hear the Word, and it's going to have some salt, honey. I don't care where we're at. If we stand, be standing in the foyer of a Baptist church that preaches all over against this doctrine, you're still going to hear the truth from me. I'll be glad to go preach in a Baptist church once. <laughs> He's going to want me back. But I can tell you, I'm not going to be preaching no once saved, always saved horse manure message. I can tell you that. I'm going to be coming out of a King James Version, 1611 Version Bible, praise God, authorized King James Version, and I'm going to light that church up. And some of them probably going to leave with me. Because they probably, a bunch of them been in there dying on the vine. Well, no, they ain't dying on the vine because they've never been on the vine. They're just sitting in there dying is what they're doing. 
and paying to do it. That's what gets me. That's the problem. <laughs> he got a lot of people to get money. <laughs> there must be a, some kind of money thing going on there. Okay. So, oh, taste and see. Give me the rest of it. Now, understand this. Trust. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, come on. Come on back with that again. Come on. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Okay, now he tells you that first. Taste and see. He, take a taste of this. Taste it. Taste it. All right, now, and see that he's good. Come on. Blessed is the man that trusteth in who? As it's in that scripture right there. Explain that to me. Uh, of who? Of the Lord right there. That one he's talking about. In other words, the salty Lord. See, the one that the salty preacher preached about. Taste and see that he is good. Oh, taste. Okay, taste of this Jesus and see that he's good. Okay, come on, what does it say? After the taste and see, what does it say? Now, the key word there is him. The emphasis needs to be on him. See, people don't even know how to rightly divide the word. The Bible says, blessed is the man that trusteth in him. That Jesus, that's the one that you trust in. Blessed is the man that trusts, he's blessed if he trusts in this Jesus, the salty Jesus, amen. The one that, that you taste of and he's salty and you see him and it ain't what you thought he was. He's a consuming fire. That's the Jesus you can trust in. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Listen to what it says next. Come on. Oh, fear the Lord. Right after he just said, taste and see how good he is. It didn't follow it up and says, he just love and he just love, love and more love and smoochy, smoochy. Pet, pet, huggy, huggy, kissy, kissy. See, he's so good. Pet, pet, pet. Pet me, Jesus. Pet me, Jesus. Like my dog does. We'll roll over. Pet me. Come on, pet me. Oh, yeah, right there. Look to the left right there. Thank you, Lord. That's exactly what my dog's like. That's what man likes, too. That's what mankind likes, too. They come to church, and they just sprawl out. Okay, come on. Here's a 20. Come on. Oh, yeah. How much can I get for 20? Oh, that's good right there. Look to the left. Look oh, to, to the right. Thank you. Oh, I feel good right there, right there, right there. That's good. That's good. If they want a whole lot of petting, they slap a hundred in the plate where the preacher can see it. <laughs> I'm talking about send me to heaven today. <laughs> That's how they do. It's a pay-to-play thing. But you know what the Bible says? Fear him. I could go to a hundred churches today where there's not a shred of fear in that entire church, not a person in the building, hundreds or thousands at a time. There's not a shred of fear anywhere in that building. And if you don't fear him, 
you're not blessed. If you don't fear him, what you got ain't from God. Listen to what it says. Come on. There is no want to them that fear him. See that? You hear people talking about their money all the time, how much money they got and how blessed they are because, oh, because they love Jesus. Oh, and they talk about how their business is blessed and, oh, man, God's just... God didn't do that. God didn't bless you. You ain't no more living for God than lose for himself. But that, yet they want to do that. They want to be called by his name because it makes them feel like everything's okay. Makes them feel like the reproach is missing. I know people like that. Got some in my family. Think their businesses are blessed by God because uh, you know, they make money, make good money. Nah. That ain't God blessing that business. That's the devil blessing that business. And he's got you. He's wearing that right white robe. And they think it's the Lord. It's the devil coming as an angel of light. And he's got them. Hook, line, and sinker, man. And if they die today, they'll be in hell for eternity. Because they're not ready to meet Jesus. But you can't convince them of that. Because they suppose gain is godliness. The Bible says, from such withdraw thyself. Okay, here we go. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. Come on, sis. Okay, now, therefore, you're in the house of God, okay? Uh, you are no more strangers and foreigners. Come on, he's talking to the Ephesian church. Come on. Fellow citizens, citizens with the saints. So that means once you're in this, you're no longer a, you're no longer a citizen of this land you're a citizen of heaven. Our citizenship, remember when the Bible says our conversation is in heaven, that word means citizenship. I've showed it to you in the Greek. So you are fellow citizens with the saints and and you are of the household of God because you have come in the same way. You've been baptized in Jesus' name, which made you the bride, which makes you the church. Amen. You are a fellow citizen of uh, of home with the saints. Come on. Uh, now, and you're of the household of God. All that is comes together in one. Come on. Okay, ho, ho, ho. See, it did not say anything about being finished. It said you are built upon the foundation of the apostles. What does it say? Okay, you're built upon the foundation. That's exactly what I'm doing, is building you upon the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. That's what's happening. You're being built. It's a continual building project. You're being built, 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 and added to, and added to, and added to. And every time some worldly architect tries to throw some nonsense in this building, I'm going to come tear it out of there. Because there can't be none of this architect genius garbage. Every architect in the world thinks they're the genius. They think they're the smartest one ever lived. And that everything, that their signature needs to be on it, buddy. You know, they need to put their signature piece in there. God don't need no signature piece in this building project. It's all finished. There ain't no revisions. There ain't going to be no addendums, honey. There is not any addendums in the Word of God building project. The Word of God is settled. It's a finished, stamped set of plans. 
And there ain't going to be no revisions. Period. This is it. Build it like that. Don't add to it. Don't take away from it. You got any questions? You come ask me about it. You just make sure you line it up with this print right here. Nothing but this. Don't you put no cheap junk in it. Don't you shortcut nothing. Don't you try to use no foreign this or foreign that. Pay the price. Get the right stuff. Put it in the building. Praise God. And when the storm comes, honey, I'll get in the building with you. Because I'll know, amen, the builder of that building, praise God, did it like he said. And it will not fall. (laughs) Come on with the rest of it. If storm comes, I'm with him. I'm going with him. I'm going to be in his building. Praise God. You get in any building you want to. When the storm comes, I'm with him. I'm getting in the Jesus building. That's the one I want to be in. Praise God. Because everything else is going to fall down around you. Remember what he said. He said, there shall not be one stone left upon another. Not one stone left upon another. But I can tell you one building ain't going to never fall. His name is Jesus. And that name is a strong tower. You better get a hold of that name because it's a strong tower that the righteous runneth into and are safe. Amen. Praise God. All right. That it? Yeah, come on. In whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto an holy temple. See what God's trying to create here? A holy temple. It's not the building. It's the people. It's not the building. We're the temple. We're the temple of God. Your temple has to be holy because it's part of a bigger temple. It ain't just about us. It's all about Him. You got to keep your part right because your part's part of my part. I got to keep my part right because my part's part of your part. Every part counts. Any bad part Makes the whole body bad. Hey man, we're trying to, we're trying to put together something much bigger than ourselves here. And it's gotta be done with the right plans. The Word of God. Amen. So, therein is the difference in those that live here, those that are just visiting. Once you get a hold of this and you take a hold of this and you taste it, see that the Lord is good. Amen. And then you start getting a fear of him, amen, because you're going to hear it in the Word of God. You're going to hear the things that make you want to fear him. Finally, instead of all the smoochy scriptures, next, we're going to talk about in part two is being at home at church. At home in the church. Stand with me.